0: The first question from Rasana in the United Kingdom. Dear Lumpur, I have been doing daily one hour meditation in the morning and I do loving kindness meditation at the end and send metta to my children, family members, friends and all the beings including my parents who have passed away. I have a strong belief that my good wishes and this merit will reach them. But sometimes I doubt whether it's just blind belief, does it really work? This doubt is making my loving-kindness meditation a bit shaky, specifically when I really want to send metta to those who I think need it the most.
1: So, Lung answered, uh, this is the making of merit, like we make merit when we practice uh, samadhi, when we make the mind peaceful. And the mind becomes meritorious, uh, full of brightness and goodness. And this merit arises from this uh, open, bright, and fresh mind. So having done this, then we have the firm intention to spread this goodness, this brightness, this merit to those who have passed. And those uh, or individuals who have died already, they are able to receive this merit, and they can increase in happiness So may you be confident in this, be confident in this spreading of merit, that these beings can receive this merit. There's one story of uh, a Thai person in England, about 30 years old. They were sick with uh, Crohn's disease, and the doctor said that they will die soon. So they took out the oxygen tube, and the relatives all came uh, for the end of this person's life. And this individual's mother uh, lived in Thailand and couldn't go to see their child at this time. So the mother uh, did deeds of merit, such as helping make a statue, like a Buddha statue, and other meritorious things and spread metta uh, to the child uh, for the child to receive this merit and making aspirations that they would uh, recover from their illness and something miraculous happened afterward. So for this individual, their mind uh, separated from their body and they could actually see their body lying there on the sick bed while they stood next to the body. But however much they tried, they were unable to enter their body. They just couldn't enter it. So the meaning of this is that their mind was close to being born again in a different body. And this person could see two paths. Uh, one path was bright and looked good, and the other path looked dark and bad. And they didn't know, uh, they couldn't seem to go on either path. They didn't know how to proceed, didn't know what to do. And then a light uh, came to take them on the bright, uh, the bright path, the good path and then they had a feeling uh, in their body and they felt that they were able to return to life uh, and enter again into that body. So this person was very close to death uh, and if there was no merit being sent to them, then uh, they would die. So those who have died already uh, can receive merit that we spread to them And if the individual is a heavenly being, a deva, they can rejoice in the goodness that we share with them. And this is something that we have uh, stories from ever since the time of the Buddha. For instance, King Bimbisara spread merit to his relatives who had died already. And they went from a state of suffering to the heavenly state, a deva state. Their minds increased in quality and goodness and they were reborn as devas.
0: So a question from Shivani in India. Uh, Respected Ajahn, how does one arouse a sense of urgency in the practice? There are too many distractions and the world seems so interesting. How to put distractions aside and continue working? Thank you.
1: So one needs to have effort This comes from not seeing the drawbacks in samsara, the endless cycle cycle of wandering on. Time passes, the days are ever passing, and life is uncertain. Time runs out, and our time runs out, uh, when our time runs out, we're not able to do acts of merit anymore. So train your mind to be firm in the doing of goodness, not to let go of one's effort, not to be lost in the various moods and sense-objects of the world. Contemplate that life is unsure. Uh, Don't be heedless. Train your mind to be heedful.
0: So there's a question from the retreatants in Thailand. Uh, Dear Ajahn, In a quiet and peaceful environment, the mind usually feels at ease, full of power and energy. But in busy places, with many people and sense-impressions, the mind easily gets drained of its energy. How should we practice in order to build up enough mindfulness and strength of mind to prevent us from feeling overwhelmed or exhausted in those busy places? Sometimes when the mind has enough strength in samadhi, it's possible to feel calm, energetic and centered in busy places, but this is rare.
1: So see that you are able to do this, even though it's not often, to have this peace and collectedness in a busy place. So one can see that this is a fruit of one's dharma practice. The mind being peaceful and collected in a busy place, this is something that's difficult, uh, so keep, keep trying. When you're in a chaotic or busy place, uh, keep up with the practice, keep having effort, and this, uh, and it can get better, it can improve. And one trains one's mind not to follow not to go out and chase after sense objects and sense impressions. This is an important point. When the mind chases the sense impressions and objects in the chaotic place, um, then one must train using a meditation word or uh, chanting and do this a lot. Repeat the meditation word or chanting a lot. And this can help make our mindfulness uh, firm and stable. And leading to samadhi, that's firm and stable, to uh, fight or compete with the chaotic environment outside.
0: So, a question from uh, Tan Ki Seng in Singapore, uh, dear Longpo. Last night, I was able to go. I was unable to go into deep sleep, and it seemed like I was half awake. But the time seemed to go by very quickly. Is this the effect of having too much mindfulness or doing too much meditation during the day? Or was there some other reasons? I'm not sure. Thank you.
1: So this is from practicing, training the mind in mindfulness and collectedness. Uh, Sometimes we sleep, but the mind is awake. And we can call this uh, being awake in sleep. And this can happen from Dhamma practice. This can even happen many days in a row, many nights in a row. And if the body is not tired, uh, then never mind, just keep going. And this can actually lead to increase in one's mindfulness. So if this happens and the, and the mind isn't clear, or one wakes up feeling tired and the body's getting tired, this means that the mindfulness is not sufficient. However, when this happens, it is possible that one can wake up feeling fresh uh, and alert. So keep up one's effort, keep up the practice and have a lot of mindfulness.
0: There's a question from one of the retreatants. Um, Thank you, Longpo, for the answer to my question last night. It helps me to be more diligent um, and to learn and practice the Dhamma. My question today is on my meditation practice. In this retreat, for the first time, I discovered that I am able to note the skeleton in my body. It's never happened to me before. The contemplation on the skeleton in my body helps me to feel light and not take my body too seriously. I feel at ease with the body. I can imagine the skeleton or bone structure in parts of my body. For example, when I am in pain on my arm, I can see the bone on my arm and the pain will go away temporarily. I'm not sure if this is the right practice or if I'm just using too much imagination. Uh, I would appreciate it if Lumpur could shed some light on my new experience. Thank you in advance for your guidance.
1: So Lumpur then answered, this is correct. Have mindfulness with the body, such as with the bones, as you mentioned. And this is one method of Dhamma practice to make the mind peaceful. When you have painful sensation, Contemplate right there, contemplate the bones right there and the mind can gather together in this way and then the mind separates from the feeling. So train in this, practice this, use this as your meditation object and this can allow you to succeed very quickly in your Dhamma practice. So may you keep going with this and I, Anamodhana, I rejoice in this uh, good fruit of your Dhamma practice.
0: A question from Monica in the United Kingdom. Uh, Praajan, is it suitable during the practice to chant the preliminary homage of Namotasa Tassa, Bhagavato? Uh, yesterday it appeared in my head whilst meditating and that was the longest that I managed to keep any hindering thoughts away. It left me happy and anchored. Sadhu.
1: This is correct. Sit and chant and use this chanting as your meditation mantra which is uh, inclining the mind and paying homage to the Lord Buddha as the object of your mind. And this can bring the mind to peace and collectedness easily. This is the kamatana, the meditation object of Buddha Nusati, the recollection of the Buddha. So may you be determined in this, be intent, and keep doing it.
0: So a question from Rasana in the United Kingdom. Uh, Longpo Anan uh, Wandana. I have been doing sitting meditation most of the time. Uh, during the retreat, when I do walking meditation, I can hardly concentrate and I tend to drift away very easily. And I usually come back to do sitting meditation. Is it very important to do walking meditation? Thank you, Longpo.
1: So this walking meditation is a change of posture. If you've been sitting for a long time and you feel very sore, Uh, then often one gets up to walk. However, uh, if you're walking and the mind is very busy and distracted, then you can go sit. So whatever uh, posture that you find you're proficient in, that you're able to meditate and bring the mind to peace more easily, then do that posture a lot. And you can just do uh, a little bit of walking practice.
0: So the next question... Uh, what's the difference between the pure consciousness and the memory? When you die, what gets born again? Is the memory part of the conscious mind?
1: So memory we can call sanya, and this uses the brain. For instance, one, when one practices mindfulness uh, and one is chanting, this uh, memory is in the brain, and you can you can see this for yourself. And if there's a a problem in the brain, you may not be able to remember the chant. However, the chant can go more deeply into the mind. And then even if there is a problem in the brain, you can still remember the chanting because the chanting has entered into a deeper level of the mind. So it's this that uh, gets born again. These memories deep in the mind uh, go along as well.
0: Uh, the next question, uh,
1: my respect to Ajahn.
0: I am a beginner in meditation. I notice during sitting meditation I have a clearer sensation and feeling and feel more relaxed by watching the rising and falling at my abdomen area instead of watching the in-breath and out-breath at the tip of my nose. Can I continue to practice in this way? Thank you, Ajahn.
1: So this is fine. Keep doing it this way have mindfulness at any point, whether your nose, your stomach, and so on, wherever the sensations of breathing are the clearest, have uh, mindfulness right there, bring the mind to collectedness and samadhi right there. This is uh, a correct way of dhamma practice, so may you keep going.
0: So Vivian in Singapore writes, uh, Dear Longpo Anam. Thank you for your compassion and teaching us the Dhamma. I gained a lot of peace just listening to it.
1: I I ennamodana and rejoice. May you be intent in your Dhamma practice, in your mental cultivation. We have built a lot of goodness already to have this faith uh, in the present. So may you have effort and practice continuously to bring your mind to Samadhi. And this will be a cause uh, for the arising of wisdom.
0: So a question from Saranya in India. A respected Longpo. my name is Saranya from India. I have been meditating for the last five years as per the instructions given by my teacher, Venerable Visudananda Bhante from Sri Lanka. I have attended a few retreats conducted by Visudananda Bhante. From the last two years, I've been requesting my teacher for ordination. My teacher always said that it's not the time for it yet, or I'm still not ready for it. Last week, I attended a five-day meditation retreat uh, conducted by Bhante Sukhatananda in Mahabodhi Dhamaduta Vihara, Bangalore. After the retreat, when I came back home, I felt very free. I had never experienced that state of freedom in the mind. And I was very happy and joyful for a few days. During this virtual retreat since day one, when I sit for the class, I feel a very sad emotion arising in the heart, which makes me cry for hours together. I find it very difficult to focus on the meditation object with this emotion there. I, can be sh- I cannot be sure about the reason why, for why the sadness is arising. I think it might be because of the desire to ordain but I have been meditating and managing with this emotion, Ajahn. I have a little bit of mindfulness and calmness with me. When I discussed this with my teacher, my teacher suggested that I should write about this to you, Ajahn, seeking your advice to walk further ahead in the Dhamma path. Thank you, Ajahn.
1: So one needs to understand in Dhamma practice that one ordains in the heart first. Ordaining with one's physical body is one thing, and it allows one to have more time to practice Dhamma, among other things. However, sometimes it's hard to to physically ordain, uh, because one may have various uh, duties or obligations or other obstacles in one's life. So ordain in the heart first. When one wants to ordain a lot, one has a lot of faith. However, one's effort may be low, may not be enough. So build uh, parami, build your spiritual virtues first uh, to strengthen your mindfulness, to strengthen your samadhi, to bring these qualities uh, to be sufficient to the point where one is ready to give up all the things of the world and to go ordain. So ordain in your heart first. When you reach the appropriate time, when the time is right, The heart will tell you itself that it's ready to put down everything in the world. The one who knows, the knower, will tell you itself that it's ready.
0: A question from Doreen Yip in Malaysia. Uh, Dear Ajahn, thank you for the wonderful retreat. How do we continue to be intent to practice after this retreat? so that this will become a lifelong practice that is sustainable, but at the same time, we don't push ourselves too much, uh, too hard into a burnout. How to strike a balance in the practice as a layperson. Thank you, Ajahn. May you stay healthy and happy.
1: I rejoice, Anamudana, with your uh, firm intention. So, uh, you can think this opportunity Uh, we have this uh, faith to practice we really see the value of this practice, of this mental cultivation so uh, recollect this recollect um, this as a way to wake oneself up and uh, reflect that the days are constantly uh, passing constantly falling away And and ask oneself what have I been doing, have I been heedless or not so, during this eight-day retreat, this is something we've been able to do, or we can do. And then the, the heart must build up uh, faith to be firm and stable. And this uh, faith and effort have uh, value to give strength to our practice, to give energy to our practice. In terms of balance, one needs to study this in one's own experience. One needs to study this oneself. It's like food. You know for yourself uh, what is enough. You know for yourself what kinds of food you need and what amount of food is appropriate uh, in order to eat in a balanced way. So in Dhamma practice it's the same. If it's uh, too tight or too stressed, you'll know for yourself that it's that way. So in this Dhamma practice, uh, you learn to let go. And the feeling of enoughness, the feeling of just right, arises in oneself. So,
0: being in Singapore uh, writes, Dear Lung Po, we give thanks for our blessings to be able to join this online retreat by Lung Po. Uh, Lung Po, I do not speak or understand Thai. However, during a few sessions when Lung Po was giving the Dharma talks, when I sat quietly, my heart was suddenly full and tears just rolled down my face. I felt at peace. Could Longpur explain why this is so? May Longpore always be well and stay safe. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu.
1: So we listen to the Dhamma and we establish our mindfulness with that. And our mind uh, is not uh, busy or distracted. And if the mind is busy or distracted, then we practice to establish mindfulness in the present moment. And if we don't understand the language and don't understand the talk, uh, even if we don't understand it uh, deeply, this uh, thread of Dhamma, this light of Dhamma, can go straight to our heart. And this, uh, this light of Dhamma helps bring the mind to peacefulness, which then uh, helps give rise to rapture, this pity. So this uh, pity arising comes from the collected mind, from this uh, fullness of heart. So recollect... Uh, that the mind, this happens in the mind and it arises uh, by itself, and have mindfulness to know uh, where the mind is. And this gives energy and strength to one's practice um, to train one's mind, oneself. A
0: question from Madeira in Sri Lanka Ajahn, bless you with good health and long life. Whilst sitting in meditation, watching the breath, my inner chatter keeps telling me, all the while, how I should progress with the meditation based on the teachings I've learnt. I take quite a while to get into a real peaceful state of mind, about 30 to 40 minutes. I humbly request your advice, Ajahn.
1: So this comes from uh, Sanya, her old perceptions and memories from the past. So when we practice samadhi, practice collectedness, we practice to be firm with one mental object, such as uh, the objects in the four satipatthanas, as we've been learning about, the four foundations of mindfulness, like the sensations of the in and out breath in the stomach, or with the bones, and so on. So there's no need to to doubt about this, uh, be firm in this. And if you do doubt about it, then you can recollect what you've studied Uh, so far. And you can also follow the guided meditation instructions as we've uh, been listening to these past evenings. And if you're peaceful, if you only uh, feel peaceful after a period of time, then this is okay. Uh, Don't worry about this. Just keep practicing.
0: So, the last question. Uh, Dear Lampo Anand, My mind has quietened down with the breath meditation and there are fewer thoughts. But I find that every now and then, parts of the chanting, especially the more melodic parts, would keep echoing in my mind. What should I do? I enjoy the morning and evening chanting a lot, as it gives me a lot of joy. Thank you, Longpo, for your kind guidance.
1: So this is our character type. This is our... uh our personality type to have this faith. So in the morning and evening chanting, our mind uh, becomes uh, collected and peaceful. And then when you go to sit in meditation, you can think of this chanting, recollect the chanting. This is the uh, recollection of the qualities of the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha, and also the chant of spreading loving kindness uh, that we chant every evening. So these uh, chants, this recollection, helps bring the mind to peace and collectedness, to be free of uh, busyness and chaos, to have a full and happy heart. And this allows one to look at the breath uh, more easily, to be with the breath more easily. So know the method that works for you to bring the mind to peace. If you sit down and go straight to looking at the breath, this can be more difficult. So recollect the chanting first. Uh, when you meditate, and this is correct. Okay, so that's uh, the end of the question and answer period. So we'll pay respects together now.